to another Into the West episode. Today, we are reviewing the top 10 armies in 2023. And this is based on GBHL tournaments. Currently, the stats as of recording is only up until the end of September. So you can go check that out. And then our special guest here actually was able to provide the last couple months of data for us. So we have the exclusive data as of right now. Um, hard to work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and speaking of which, we are joined by Elliot from Gollum's Gamers. And yeah, it's been a podcast that popped up recently this year that I've been listening to myself. And you want to tell us a little bit about your podcast, Elliot? Yes, yes. So uh, I'm Elliot. Uh, I'm one of the hosts on the uh, Golems Gamers. We're a um, UK-based podcast. Uh, there's about six of us who regularly attend. We're all very regular uh, tournament attendees as well all over the UK. And yeah, we have a podcast where we do kind of the normal sorts of things like tier lists, uh, you know, top fives about all kinds of different things to do with the game. But we also do event previews as well. So for all of the events that we attend, kind of we do a preview with stats for the events. Uh, we look at our lists and everything. So lots of event coverage. Uh, we're starting to move into doing like uh, bat reps and things like that as well. So we've been doing it for about six months. Things have been going well. And um, there'll be lots more to come in 2024. Yeah, absolutely. Go check them out, guys. Great place to follow like the UK meta. I know okay, so, uh, the yeah. GBHL is the biggest league in MESBG. So, and I think that's why he's the perfect guest for, for this episode today. Lots of people I know would probably argue otherwise, but hey, we'll see. How that... <laughs> well, how you that just ends. shared that uh, you've been to the most tournaments. <laughs> yeah, well, not anymore so last year i was sad enough and had enough free time to break the record for the most amount of events attended in a single year i then broke that record again this year but um a friend of mine broke it at the same time and now he's higher than me so i'm no longer the record holder which is a shame <laughs> do we want to talk a little bit about just the year in review like how many tournaments were there in 2023 just before we dive into the list Looking at the data, I was able to compile 111 GBHL tournaments in 2023. Elliot has just informed me that there was around 120, but there's probably a few doubles tournaments and other smaller tournaments that weren't in this uh, stat pool. There was 25 GBHL 100, so this is the most competitive style tournament. And there were 39 GBHL 90s and 47 GBHL 80s, which is more on the casual side. Yeah, yeah. So 100s are the big sort of events where the most competitive players will be out because there's the most amount of points that you can get. So if you win the event, you get 100 points. If you win a 90, you get 90 and so on. So there's more 80s and 90s as they're, they can be either one or two day events where 100s are only two day events. Although there was the first ever one day 100 this year which did cause a little bit of controversy but 100s are always two-day events on the most part i'm just flabbergasted by the number of 100s because like i don't know if we have the same threshold here as you guys do for 100s but we have one a year <laughs> one. <laughs> that's two years so far so 25 that's incredible <laughs> well there was someone this year who went to almost every single 100 he went to only 100s this year and he went to like 22 100s how is that even possible so yeah it's very very efficient <laughs> yes yes 
And he did come second in the league, so he knows what he's doing. Okay, so before we get started, I'm the only one who has seen the list so far. Do you guys have any predictions of what will probably be in the, the top 10? Mm. I think I'll go last because obviously I know the UK sort of scene, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say L's, but that feels like a, like a cop-out. I'm going to say at least Rivendell is on there somewhere, probably in the top 10. In the top 10? And I think Thranduil's Halls might be there. Florian, I don't know, maybe in an alliance. I was going to ask, does this include like legendary legions as well? Or is yes, it only it factions? Yes, all armies and legendary okay. legions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Armies are not only competitive, but also are easily accessible, like easy to collect, are likely to be on there. More iconic armies as well. So with all those factors, Minas Tirith would be my guess would be in there. And probably Mordor. Those would be my guesses. Very safe answers. I like it. <laughs> yeah i'd say mordor has to be in there i would probably put serpent horde in there as well <laughs> um now i go to a lot of like 100s so my perspective on kind of like the scene in gbhl 80 events and stuff i might not be as in tune with but obviously there are i think there was a point earlier this year where like uh bjornings was kind of taking over a bit and doing really well at some of these more casual events so i think bjornings may sneak in there although lately they've kind of fallen off a little bit aol as well maybe dragon emperor i think lots of these meta lists will make it in there i imagine okay yeah this will be interesting because as many gbhl 100s as there is, you know, 80s still make up almost half of the lot more. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we jump in, I actually lied. We're not only doing the top 10. Um, we're actually reviewing the top 15, but from uh, number 15 to number 11, that will be Patreon only. If you're curious and you want to watch those, then you can check out the link below. Thanks to all our patrons right now for supporting us. So let's get into... The list. All right. So starting our official top 10, and let me just, I guess, explain some of the stats we see here. The way I ranked it was by number of total podiums out of 111 GBHL tournaments in the stat pool. And this one is the ratio of peer to alliance. And then we have the different points levels that they appeared in. And then as we explained earlier, the GBHL 100s, 90s, and 80s, these are out of the total number of those tournaments, how many times they podiumed. That's quite poor, isn't it? 4% of 100s. Yeah. A teammate, a teammate of mine has actually used Survivors of Lake Town a hell of a lot this year, Sam Gratton. And um, he clearly hasn't been pulling his weight in the, in the podium department. <laughs> He's got more podiums than me this year. So, But yeah, it's something he's used a lot this year. The previous one was Erebor Reclaimed. He's been allying it with that a lot. You can take it with like also Thranduil as well. There's lots of different ways that you can ally it in. But um, interesting to see that it's uh, probably got the highest podium percentage that we've seen so far at 80s. I don't go to too many 80s, but I was thinking at first glance, maybe at lower points, people are just taking like Bard and Spam troops, but there's not that many podiums at the lower points level. But I guess in the five to 700 range, you can take Bard, the 12-inch banner, with the free heroic combat, maybe you drop in Thorin as well. And, you know, for the two free heroic combats is is a fairly strong place for it to be at these, what are meant to be kind of slightly less competitive events that can be quite oppressive, I guess, as you've got two heroes which can just chomp through troops at fight six with a 12-inch banner. It's a pretty good place to be. I think the survivors list is so versatile 
And then in combination with the green alliances it has, there wouldn't really be a breakdown where I'd be surprised because <laughs> I, I can see them working at any points level, really. Yeah. So 4% of 25 GBHL 100s is actually only one time. <laughs> so, <laughs> And that so, wasn't even Sam. <laughs> yeah. For, for being, I don't know, in my mind, as a super competitive list, especially if you pair it with Halls of Thranduil, I am actually quite surprised because I guess in North America here, we definitely see a lot of that alliance. I personally have had a lot of success with it and those are like highly competitive tournaments for us so yeah i don't know maybe it's just an off year for this army maybe yeah i think it was dave farmer actually i think he took it to a 100 in scotland with erebor reclaimed and halls of thunder with gandalf the gray it's got a lot of legs yeah. for sure it might be a bit more up and coming now that uh army of lake town has been nerfed you can't ally it like the monsters into it i think I wonder if people are going to start allying them into this list instead. Maybe, maybe not. We'll we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I was when I started because uh, me and Sam we live the closest to each other, so we the kind of army when I see him kind of doing all these different alliances and things. It's a very fun sort of list to be able to chop and change the way you want to run it depending on the points level. So I think it's something that's going to be quite appealing to a lot of people, like you say. Okay, so let's jump into number nine. Far Harad with 16 total podiums, right down the middle with Pier and Alliance with eight each. We have the point spread pretty well distributed, leaning towards the lower side a little bit more. Very low in the GBHL 100s competitive events. Decent showings in the 90s and the 80s. I'm going to take a shot in the dark here and assume that most of those pure wins are at like 500, 600 points. Because I just don't see it stacking up without like alliances once you get up like above 600. Must be. Yeah, like at 500 points, I guess if you run like two kings, that's kind of scary. A lot of shooting. Yeah, and then above that, you just ally in Solidan. <laughs> One of the best heroes in the game. Yeah, like at low points, I guess if you have really strong shooting, you know, the blowpipes and things, that can just be really quite oppressive to come up against at the lower points levels and then yeah like you say Ian, as you get higher points with the allies and things you can put some pretty strong lists together with it it's it's not something i see too much that might be reflected in the fact that it's only got the four percent of podiums at 100s but the fact that it's doing really well at 80s and 90s you know there's obviously someone's found or a group of people have found the right way to kind of you know capitalize on it no that that's a good point i was actually going to ask you that it it's not a very easily accessible army currently, like stock-wise. And there's not a lot of people like running like full Far Harad army. Yeah. So uh, my question is, it made number nine on this list. So it's fairly successful. Do you find that it's maybe a select few very like strong players playing these lists or this army? Could that be like a factor in this? Yeah, so there was actually uh, Dewey Evans, the new coordinator. He did podium his first 100 actually this year using uh, a list that had Farhad Alliance with it. And yeah, I think there could be some element of that, the same as like Arnor as well. We've seen Arnor do really well this year at 100s. But as an army, a lot of people still aren't playing it as it isn't very accessible. So something like Farhad as well could fall into that same bucket where... People just aren't trying it. But once the right pilot gets it, these more experienced players, there's lots of tools in the kit, you know, that you can kind of exploit and 
Farhad does have a lot of things going for it, especially when you start allying in as well. All right. So going to number eight, Lothlorien. <laughs> Ian's okay. prediction of elves. <laughs> I think I may have said Loth specifically at the start. Uh, not it wasn't sure. these elves. <laughs> but okay, the alliance makes sense. Yeah, because it's just people throwing Galadriel in. Yeah, okay. Yeah, That so... was the one exception. I can't. I'm still here, though. I mean, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. 18 podiums, 16 alliance. <laughs> very common in 500 to 700. And then very strong in the the most competitive events at 28%. I think this is probably the army that we've seen so far with the highest percentage across all three of, of the brackets. So it's fairly high in all of them, if not, you know, doing really, really well. Yeah, we've seen Loth at the later half of this year, like I mentioned earlier as well, being allied in a lot to try and counter the meta that we've had for a lot of this year. Fight six, the resistance to magic. Um, when you can keep it green, that is, it's just got a lot going for it. And to see it doing well at 80s and 90s as well isn't very surprising. I still think at kind of mid-ish points, if you're running pure Loth, it's still a pretty good list. 16 podiums with alliances, yeah, is, isn't very surprising. <laughs> Gladriel is also just one of the best casters and leaders. And if there are a lot of events with Vito, then you can even yep. dodge Contest of Champions. So she automatically is like one of the best leaders that you can take. Like, I guess she's kind of tied with Thranduil as the cheapest uh, legend elf hero. But I mean, Thranduil usually kid him out more expensive than her. So, yep. And the easiest way to ally in Fight 6 too, because it's not hero dependent, which is pretty cool. Fight 6, what else? Sentinels? <laughs> You know, there's there's so many different combinations. It's kind of the same as Halls of Thranduil where you can just ally in either a few elves or a backline of Fight 5 or whatever. You know, you can do that with Loth as well, but you get Fight 6, Resistant to Magic if you keep it green. All of Galadriel's, you know, tech, a safe leader, what else Sentinels. There's just so many different combinations that you can do. So for these more experienced players that really min-max their lists, there's all kinds of jankiness that you can put together. Speaking of janky, like if you're going to, Ally and Gwai here, Gladriel's probably like the they're the best two like synergy pieces. Yeah. And uh side note for new players, I know I put a picture up of Pajama Kelleborn, but I don't think we need Elliot to tell us that this model probably rarely shows up in any of these podium <laughs> lists. Yeah, I'm not sure I've seen that particular one uh in any of these lost lists yet. Uh, maybe 2024 will be the year for Kelleborn. Okay, so going into number seven, we have the host of the Dragon Emperor, surprisingly low on this list. I thought this would be much higher, also with 18 podiums, but... Look at that percentage at 100. 32%. That is just disgusting! An interesting one here. So this is my most used army this year. I think I have like over 60 games played with Emperor this year. Um, one of those podiums is mine. It is only at GBHL 80, though. I was one of those scumbags that took Emperor to an 80. <laughs> it was my like second event this year, and I hadn't podiumed in like a year. So I was like, I would really like a podium. <laughs> uh, so I took Emperor. Uh, but yeah, I've used it a lot since then at 100s. It's had quite an interesting sort of run of it this year in the GBHL scene. It started off kind of, and how I used it for a lot of the year was just kind of your standard Emperor Ratabi Brawl gear. 
max model count sort of thing. That's what I've used most of the time. Works really well at 700, 750, 800. I went to a couple 90s and things at lower points. So like 500, 600 range with like Emperor Ritabi and like 32-ish models, which is fairly decent still. But then towards like the middle part of the year, people just started taking the Emperor Ritabi and then like spam Dragon Knights. So Ali King, he won a 100 with the Emperor and two Dragon Knights at 600 points, I think that was, or 550. And then the next 100, someone one-upped him and took the Emperor and three Dragon Knights and podiumed that event. So that was kind of a very different way of running it. Lots of people that started experimenting with, but yeah, not surprised to see it have this high percentage of podiums across the board. Do you know how many events out of the 111 are 900 points or over because my guess would be that this legion is good at all points so i'm surprised that there are none uh no podiums over 900 points there aren't that many events that we have to be fair over that sort of points level we had unnumbered tiers this year which is a really big 100 that happens at a thousand points uh, and what we found at that event is that the good armies really took over also sorry that event didn't have any legendary legions. That's why this wasn't present. Good armies were really, really prevalent at that event because at high points, you can get all the tools and everything with the high five value and that sort of thing. Yeah, there just aren't generally too many events over 800, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, going by the stats that I saw, it was four or five only. But yeah, yeah like like Charles said, this legion, like it's crazy that it scales like as high as it does because of the free... Black, black dragons uh, black dragons yeah that's yeah. just crazy and that's why people started to kind of go oh, okay well if i take more dragon knights yeah. it means i can have more free black dragon upgrades that kind of exploits what is probably the best thing about the list and so i took it to the finale for the first time with using kind of the spam dragon knight build as i hadn't really done that throughout the year and i think i saved like 60 points or something so i was playing with 860 points and you know usually you have some fight three sprinkled in there or fight three up to four with the emperor but now every single model being a black dragon you're at least fight four everywhere which is really really good to have so you know it's really really strong at the moment and that's one of the legion's rules and i i know i might sound like i have an agenda against this legion you guys just had an episode might of... have an agenda <laughs> uh, <laughs> a christmas wish list episode on golems yes. gamers channel you know, Good. if I if I was there, you know, nerfing this legion would be number one on my. <laughs> we'll wish have to list. see your wish list. You guys will have to do a Christmas wish list, and then we can compare. <laughs> Actually, that would be all five of my wishes. <laughs> Remove the emperor from the game. <laughs> <laughs> so going on to number six, Rivendell. So the second L faction here with twenty total podiums, five pure, fifteen alliance lists. Good spread, none under 500 though. And then, yeah, good good spread of all the tournament sizes. A solid showing from Rivendell there. Maybe not surprised to see it doing well. Sort of really quite well. The best that we have so far at 90s, you know, in the kind of 500 to 700 range, you can like ally it with Loth, Gilgalad and Galadriel, a fair amount from a couple of players this year. You know, Gilgalad, Kirdan is still fairly decent at kind of lower points. And I think, yeah, at 90s, kind of it's where these more players who are wanting to be more competitive and sort of, you know, bridging the gap between 80s and 90s are trying to take these more, you know, competitive lists. You know, they're valuing the high the high five value more and that sort of thing. So 
Rivendell puts its, itself in quite a good position in that respect. Have you seen one of Ian's favorite competitive lists, Arnor uh, and Rivendell Alliance? Uh, I've um, I've seen, not from Ian specifically, but I've seen that we had a player at 100. Did he podium with that? But yeah, take a Glorfindel, like Arnor sort of list. What sort of points level are you, are you looking at, Ian? Well, when I ran it, it was at 800. So it, 800. like you, yeah. you get everything you want, right? You get Glorfindel in there to be the leader and yeah. Kyrdan also allied yeah, in. And then the three basic Arnor heroes and they bulk out the numbers. But yeah. when I was running that, the, the fight five from the basic elves, they only sprinkled a few in and that was enough to get the fight advantage. Now yes. it's probably not as good because fight six is kind of becoming like fight five is coming more standard and fight yeah. six is like where it is at. But I still think yeah. it's pretty strong. Curious so, to see if that like alliance breakdown is mostly just green or if there's actually like a number of yellows in there. Because I don't think it allies in as well at yellow as it does with all the green options that it has. Yeah, it's something I don't usually see over here, at least. It's got a lot of good green allies, so um, and the army bonus is actually fairly decent as well. Like, if you get a scenario where you want to exploit your shooting, and then suddenly you get to re-roll everything to hit, it's pretty good. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. We might have to do an army bonus tier list. (laughs) Tier list. (laughs) There are some worse ones out there, but, you know, if, if you're trying to exploit your elf shooting, and then suddenly you hit with... 11 out of 11 shots you're feeling pretty good (laughs) fair enough okay so we're about to go into our top five still notably missing some of elliot's picks and charles's pick here Ooh, we have angmar also tied with 20 total podiums 16 pure not surprising for alliance which is surprising (laughs) and um, i'm also surprised here only one DBHL 100 podium. I know in North America, we definitely see this as one of like the top, top tier armies, especially if you're running it pure. It definitely has its weaknesses, but you always have to prepare for Angmar in like a very competitive tournament. Yeah, it's where I was saying at the start where my view could be slightly skewed because I only really go to 100s lately and there's only 4% of podiums at 100s it's something we talked about it very recently on our podcast as well where yeah angmar just sort of fallen off lots of our meta lists at the moment play very well into angmar so that's just kind of made angmar fall off a bit last year angmar was really really strong for a certain at a certain point in the year but yeah has definitely kind of fallen off at the very high end since then but it's clearly fallen off there and is doing very well in slightly less competitive events. 90s are still, uh, you know, competitive. The kinds of players that go are, you know, looking to win and they take good lists and things. And Angmar is still a very strong list. Maybe there are less people kind of taking Witch King's Suladan lists, which has kind of been our meta this year overall, which everything has been trying to counter. Maybe there's less players taking that to 90s, meaning something like Anmar can excel as it is still a really, really strong list. I just want to know what the hell the alliances are. I remember seeing it a couple times this year, but I cannot remember. Spider Queen? It's red, though. The only two yellow alliances they have is Moria and Smog. So so it's Moria. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think I might remember seeing someone taking it red this year. I don't know where that was. And it might have been ages ago. But yeah, someone's running it with Moria, apparently, an 80 or something. I have done a Drew's egg with Wild War Chieftain before, but that became like my worst like tournament finish ever. So 
let's not <laughs> talk about that aol then i'm assuming pre-aol yes yeah there you go. <laughs> <laughs> i'm quite surprised at the disparity between uh podiums at 100 and 90 events such yeah. a huge difference huge yeah but kind of you know angmar doesn't play very well into harbinger terror which has kind of been a big part of our meta this year you know gulavar as well being low courage can be shot quite easily even more so after the nerf yeah there's just a number of factors of play which have kind of just brought angmar down and put other things up higher so Mm-hmm. And I don't know about like all of your events, but I've seen some of the terrain in some of the bigger events like Articon. And yeah. um, there's definitely like, you know, advantageous to shooting armies. And Are you saying you know, there's a lack of terrain at GBHL events, <laughs> Richard? I, I'm just speaking on... We can't personally comment because yeah. none there's of us have been. There's some photos <laughs> that I've seen. <laughs> Let's just say there's a lot of posts around that say, oh, this is where there's not a lot of terrain. This, this sort of uh, narrative may have been started by one of my co-hosts, uh, Adam, uh, on the Golems Gamers podcast. It was quite a uh, controversial discussion that went on about the terrain and he is now the terrain inspector uh at our uk events so you know uh the tos have been hot on their heels trying to make sure their boards are up to standard lately so goal of our 2024 then in the gbhl who knows <laughs> <laughs> okay going on to number four assault on lothlorian oh, well. I, I don't know if this again is mostly based on the pre-nerf era, but 23 total podiums. That's quite impressive. Very, very prevalent, 500 to 700 points. And yeah, a good share among all sorts of events. I do remember watching one of your uh, podcasts kind of earlier in the year, and you were saying that AOL was kind of really dominating your meta. Has that shifted a fair amount since the FAQ, or is it still quite prevalent? I think it was a combo of the FAQ and uh, us and everybody else bashing it. Now everybody seems afraid <laughs> to take it. They... That's not an so... issue in the UK. <laughs> so, so like uh, Ian was talking about like our premier event locally, which only gets to only, but only gets up to like 64 players compared to you guys. It's, you know, medium size, maybe. So last year, pre-nerf where I ran it, there was, I think, five or six aols different variants so out of 64 like that's almost 10 percent there and then this last october i don't believe i saw a single one so there's the difference (laughs) there you go yeah yeah a similar sort of thing happened in the uk as well it was being ran at all kinds of different points levels as you can see from the chart to be fair i'm not sure there were many top players taking it like kind of the big names there weren't too many of them who were actually taking it consistently to 100s so that's why i'm not surprised to see it with the highest percentage at 90s you know lots of people kind of had these goblins and things lying around from years past and then suddenly you buy a few a few more heroes and you've got you know arguably the best list in the game so not surprised to see it have a good spread overall i definitely think it was in need of tuning though before the before the nerf and that's as someone who did play it quite a bit so for the graphs where does 700 lie is it is 700 exactly on the 5 to 700 point range <laughs> i was wondering this as well <laughs> oh yes that's that's a good point ian <laughs> which side <laughs> is, is it <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the middle one 
That would make They're sense. They're both in the middle. The second one, second bar. The middle guy. Second bar, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. At 800, which is like kind of our, like our common, like big meta points yeah. level, it seems like AOL does pretty well there because they get all the toys they want and there's so many different kind of builds you can do, like depending on how many spiders or bats you want to take. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised it's not more prevalent there, but still at five to 700, it gets a lot of shooting and shenanigans though. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah, like at the low points, I think it's because you can still fit in so many troops. I mean, when I say low, kind of in the five to 700 range, you can still fit in a lot of the toys, like a fair amount that other lists at those points levels aren't getting. You still get a lot of troops. You're really kind of, you know, getting the most out of your shooting. At high points, your more elite armies that can maybe deal with AOL they start to get really high numbers as well. Obviously, AOL can really max out, but if you've got like 45 elves in front of you or something, like it's it's going to be hard with the nerfs and things as well. So it's it's still really strong and we still see some play with it, but um, yeah, less than before the FAQ for sure. Most of the uh, GBHL 80 uh, podium finishes were after, um, after the nerf too, because you don't want to be that guy who before, before. the nerf, bringing aol to an 80 yeah to an 80 yeah but um yeah not surprised to see that so down to the top three at number three we have the serpent i called it baby i called it (laughs) and i don't know if you guys noticed but the jump in total podiums 31 That is oh, a crazy number. 56, a 56% podium percentage at GBH 100. That is crazy. Yeah, there's some wow. crazy stats here. And then also 28 Alliance. <laughs> so um, I think Elliot's um, comment on the Witch King Solidar um, is spot I totally on. It. I was getting a little bit nervous. I was like, well, maybe because you said before how obviously this is looking at the whole picture of 80s, 90s and 100s. I was like, maybe I'm only looking at 100s here. Like, am I being too granular? You know, but apparently not. Yeah. Is Witch King Sodan really good where you guys are or is it not really seen? I was I was interested about that. Well, I I think we see it. It's it's not like crazy common, but like they're both such so efficient, like such efficient heroes that people that like will of it invariably end up like allying them together if they own either of the models. Yeah. But Serpent Horde just has like such great like green alliances anyway, like Mordor, Farharad, and Corsairs. Like it's it's crazy versatile. We know like those are like good models and that's like a good build, but yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it like really in the meta, even on the on the West Coast or the East Coast, like when we've gone to Nova, like no, like maybe like one or two in the entire tournament. Yeah, I mean, so I guess a fair amount of your, you know, viewer base may be from, you know, North America. So yeah, Witch King Siladan has kind of really dominated our meta for a lot of this year, as you can see by the 56 percentage podium rate at 100s. You know, obviously you've got Witch King Siladan, two of the kind of best points-wise efficiency heroes in the game. Then you've got Black Numenorians, possibly the best stat line per point in the game potentially with the terror you pair that with the harbinger you've got the army bonus everything gets to faint essentially you've got the strength four the black numbs got to courage five at the front so you're not too worried about facing terror after the faq assault on helm's deep getting nerfed really helped this list as well 
as um, my teammate Ashley Walger, shout out, who podiumed the league this year using Witch King Celadon essentially the whole year. Um, the one thing he kept on running into was our teammate Jay, who kept on taking Assault on Helm's Deep and he kept losing. So then when Assault got nerfed, this got better. So this is what has kind of ran things over in the UK this year. In the late half of the year, everyone started taking things to try and counter this. So more elite armies, Fight 6, you know, D7... Uh, bodyguard, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, not surprised to see this so high up. And and just to clarify, it's not just the top players playing this, right? It's like like everyone is just taking these. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people who you know even don't attend 100s that frequently are still kind of they are fairly in tune with kind of what is you know doing well in the uk so then you know i was i was one of them i started using wish king Siladan as my second most used army this year you know so i think you know people want to do well especially in 90s as well and things you know it's these people trying to bridge the gap into 100s as well and you know it it's it's fairly easy to use there is obviously a curve with using the magic and things like that but you've just got such a solid front line with the terror solid heroes you know it's 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 really strong so, Ellie, you're telling me your two main armies are Host of the Dragon Emperor and Witch King Soledad? What does that say about me, Richard? What are you trying to imply, hey? <laughs> I'll let the viewers decide. <laughs> let them decide, yeah. Shame! Shame! Uh, At least there's no before. assaults in there. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> no ballistas. Okay, so on to number two. So naturally, <laughs> we have Mordor with 33 total podiums, 28 alliances. Love how that is exactly the same number as the alliances from the Serpent Horde slide. <laughs> <laughs> and 60% of all GBHL 100s, you see a Mordor podium somewhere. Wow. <laughs> I mean, very similar across the board wasn't the number 28 percent for the podiums at 90s as well on the previous slide i think it was 14 or 15 for 80s as well so very very similar and slightly higher a percentage at 100s because there's a number of strong players Jakob, rowan may recently at the finale as well that take mortal with uh dark denizens with the spider queen there are other allies that you can do with it as well but yeah i mean if anyone's been watching our podcast this year at all, any of our event previews, we have a breakdown of uh, the factions and the leaders that attend and the amount of 100s that we've had where there's been like 10 plus Witch Kings in like 40, 50, 60 player events is crazy. I think the highest amount of Witch Kings we had was 14 in a single event. And so this has just been seen everywhere all year, almost every points level really from like 600 plus there's a lot of people taking Witch King Siladan, and this shows it. <laughs> One thing that I'm a little bit surprised at, you know, obviously the uh, Serpent Horde Alliance is very strong, but I think what we've seen here in North America is that Pure Mordor can also do fairly well. And I would say the Alliance and uh, Pure Split for us would be close to 50 50 like um there's a lot of very successful pure mordors too i think the line of thinking is we're going to take a pure mordor list okay so why wouldn't you want a six inch banner added into your list on Soledan for a hundred and whatever points whatever hero you're taking in mordor say like 
a gore bag or you know whichever kind of mid to low point hero you're taking if you add up their points with the cost of a banner as well you're probably around the 80 90 point mark maybe even 100 uh you know depending on the hero so for not many more points you can get solid <laughs> and you get six inch banner it's just really really solid you get good cav as well which you can ally in with it fight four with war spears is really strong as well re-rolling ones to wound for like 13 points is just really really strong so um it's a bit of a no-brainer <laughs> maybe you don't want to do it because you're going to an 80 point tournament <laughs> That isn't how uh, the players over here are clearly um, are clearly thinking. <laughs> All right. So, number one. Any predictions, guys? <laughs> I don't know what's left. So, well, I said Arnold earlier, but I think that was looking too granular at 100s. Uh, Minas Tirith hasn't shown up yet. Minas Tirith. Is Minas Tirith that popular? Like, I was thinking maybe Rohan too, but is it one... that popular? Not pure Rohan. Right, yeah, right. Min- Minas Tirith potentially. I did say Bjornings because it did have a run earlier this year, but it couldn't have been anywhere near as many as this. It has to be Minas Tirith, surely. I don't think it's Arnor. The The models are not very accessible. Yeah. I thought it may have been around the 4 or 5 mark because it has done really well at 100s this year. Uh, but it's only been a select, you know, a couple of players have been taking it. But my prediction is Minas Tirith. I... It's got to be, I guess. I just didn't think it was that popular. Here's the reveal. It is Minas Tirith with 36 yeah. total podiums. A good split between Pure and Alliance. 14 Alliance and 22 Pure. But the surprising thing is that not much success comparatively with the top couple uh, rankings at the most competitive events. Only 12% of GBHL 100s. So it's dominating the 90s and 80s, though. It's almost a perfect bell curve on the points, too. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. The fact that you put uh, King Elisar up there, uh, you know, Boromir users are going to be throwing their keyboards around right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seeing a 41% rate at 90s is really, really impressive, actually. So I went to a lot more 90s at the start of the year, and then the last kind of eight months has all been 100s for me, really. So I haven't really seen how it's shifted, but I mean... Everyone has Minas Tirith. It is still really, really good. I think a lot of people started using it and allying it in at 100s in the later half of the year to try counter Witch King Zilladan. We just started seeing Fountain Court spam everywhere with the Fight Five from Boromir with the banner to kind of counter Witch King Sully with their six-inch banner and them only being Fight Four. You get the Bodyguard. The D7 is really, really good as well, obviously. Witch King Sully then kind of adapted to that by taking Shagrat a lot more. So the strength five was, uh, you know, killing D7. So there's been a number of, you know, iterations of the back and forth really. But yeah, so it hasn't seen too much success at 100s this year. But yeah, not surprised to see it doing well kind of at the less competitive events. And what is that a 32% rate? I can't see. Yeah, yeah, 80s. That's really high for 80s. (laughs) How many of these have Gandalf the White? That's what I'm wondering. That is a question. Yeah. Uh, if anyone watched our Christmas wish list, one of my wishes was to see Gandalf the White be better, actually, because, you know, he's my favorite character and everything from the films, uh, you know, as a, as a kid and everything. And I have never, ever used Gandalf the White. He's got a great model. I would like to use him, but I also like to try and win sometimes as well. <laughs> and that, you know, doesn't go hand in hand with taking Gandalf the White at the moment, unfortunately. <laughs> Okay, so there you go. This is the top 10 best armies in 2023. I actually have a surprise slide here. 
because I have an agenda, obviously. So <laughs> because the number one place, Minas Tirith, has such a low competitive rate in the GBHL 100s, I've done the top three competitive armies based on their win percentage at the GBHL 100s. So Mordor, Serpent Horde as one and two. They were already ranked quite high in the regular rankings. But then we have number three, the host of the Dragon Ember. <laughs> Those are my two most used armies this year. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I like that you've done this because, yeah, Minister is taking the number one spot. Probably didn't feel like an accurate, you know, representation of what's been, you know, doing really, really well over here this year. But this slide, I would say, sums it up pretty well <laughs> of how Mordor has twice as many as, well, and Serpent Horde has almost twice as many as the third spot. So so all this slide says to me is that uh, the things that everybody's complaining about, they're right. <laughs> Maybe so. Are we going to see a Mordor, you know, a Witch King nerf or a Suladan nerf in, in the FAQ? Um, I have predicted no, but there are some people who feel that certain things may be nerfed, like Suladan's banner only affecting Serpent Horde models is a very common thing being thrown around, as that in immediately stops the, you know, allying with Mordor thing. And lots of people wanting to see the Crown of Morgul nerfed. We've talked about it lots of times on our podcast, but like, even if you make it, you know, 40 points, you're probably still taking it and it's really, really good. So I'm, I'm not sure what kind of nerf they would come out with, which would actually knock this down enough to change the meta probably new models and things and new profiles is probably what would do it first i'd imagine all right so i guess before we wrap it up any list that you guys feel like uh should have made the list or you thought would make the list elliot mentioned a few like arnor and maybe bjornings yeah, maybe I was being a bit too granular there with the Arnor pick, but it has done really well. I think in terms of how many events it's gone to, I think the percentage would be very high. So that was the thinking there with that one. And Bjornings, I'm probably surprised to not see that kind of, you know, the fact that we did the top 15 essentially as well, to not have it break in there. But I think it did have a very brief moment in the sun when it first came out kind of earlier this year and obviously didn't have enough time in the sun to break the list. A little bit surprised that there isn't any form of Rohan, like no legions or pure. I know that they might not be considered like top competitive, mm. but it's such a common army. So many people have the army, and you see yep. it so often, so much at tournaments. You know, Helm's Guard, Theodore's Guard. Just surprising that I didn't even crack the list. Yeah, uh, Defenders of Helm's Deep is either my third or fourth most used army this year. We see Riders of Theoden a lot as well so um, we've seen a fair amount of top ish players kind of taking rise of theoden uh, that we've previewed a lot of times on our event previews for gbhl 100s but i think it's uh, quite rare that they break into the podium spots there but yeah maybe at 80s and 90s i'd expect to have seen it done better as like you say it's so frequent and lots of people take it but apparently not this year also <laughs> i expected a uh, spider queen to be a really common ally with mordor but uh, I suspect you don't see it because they're red with Serpent Horde, so you can't like really ally both of them. So if Suladan yeah. does get the nerf, Spider Queen will probably shoot up because there'll probably be a top alliance with Mordor, I, I suspect. Yeah, yeah, 
And just also Spider Queen, like it really takes the right player to use the Spider Queen as well, which is why we've seen kind of a select few of our really most competitive players take it to 100s. Um, and it's just, there's a fair amount of counters as well. Like we've seen lots of leggies this year allied into so many different lists. And as soon as you see a leggy, it's the Spider Queen's not having a good time. I'm surprised no mention of Goblin Town. I, is that just because like the big 12 inch banner from the Emperor like counters it so well? It, it was I close. Like... I'll say that it was definitely it was under. It was top 20. Okay. okay. Yeah, because I was, I was, I was thinking then. Yeah, it is something I see quite a lot at events. To be fair, usually doing fairly well. Never really see it podium at 100s. But it's always kind of in the mix, maybe at 80s and 90s. It's it's doing really, really well. I'm not too sure on that, but it's something I see taken a lot. And it's always in the mix at the top end of, of the event. All right. So that is the episode and the recap of 2023. Thanks again to Elliot for joining us as our first guest from the UK. So I'm the first guest from the UK. <laughs> an honor, an honor. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you. Yeah, and um, actually, we have a surprise tier list here. The Gollum's Gamers cast. That oh, I would my like, good Lord. Here I we go. I would like Elliot to uh, rank his cast. <laughs> you know, now, um, I was wondering, because Richard mentioned ahead of time that he potentially could be doing this. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll let him cook, see what he comes up with. I, Will he remember? Has he watched enough of our tier lists to name them? the same as we name them in ours and he totally has if you are the best host in this case you are a lemon host so if you are you're doing everything right on the podcast you're a lemon host and then descending down from there you've got silly nervous nervous dog and chelsea now the the final kind of category changes on a on a weekly basis you know depending on on what's hot or not rather in the scene at the time but at this point in time i think chelsea were doing really bad in the in the football so <laughs> Okay, you've put me first, which which I find a little bit controversial. That guy's a lemon host right there. Get him in lemon. I actually have a trophy here to prove my um to prove my worth. It says uh world's world's best MESBG podcast host. So you promise I'm not trying to start beautiful. anything between you and your teammates, but that's <laughs> that's a shot at Charles there, I think. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Wait, all right, Ashley. Yes. Where would I put Ashley? Yeah, Ashley's a bit of an interesting one. You know, Ashley can one minute be a very cringe guy, you know, coming out with horrendous takes. Yeah. But then he did get me the trophy. Actually, he got me another trophy as well. He got me this one here, which yes, that is a shit on the top. <laughs> and 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 this says most amount of events, least amount of podiums. So he's keeping me honest. I think that put him at the top silly nervous. I'd I'd probably say. Adam. Okay, Adam. Um he's the Spaniard, right? He's he's the Spanish one amongst us uh, that's got to at least put me in silly nervous i guess he's a physics teacher which is pretty cool adam's always causing absolute carnage on the podcast which means he's a funny guy so let's put him above ashley let's put him above ash yeah hey okay, so sam as i mentioned earlier so I, I probably spend the most amount of time with sam as we live the closest so we drive to the most amount of events together and so that makes me fairly comfortable with saying that that man is going in dog this might be me just as a viewer but it seems like He's usually the one that everyone disagrees with. He usually has a, <laughs> has a take that no that one else hilarious. agrees with. James Goble. I mean, God, that man. Um, where do I start? I mean, he plays elves. He's he's a big elf player uh, like me. You know, he's a, he's a pretty sexy guy as well. I'd say as well, James. You know, he pleases the eye. I've also been the drunkest with James. So 
that's got to put him in lemon. Let's let's put James above me because otherwise I don't I don't think that looks very good. Yeah, yeah. James James got to go at the top, right? Everyone everyone loves Gobel. And Vince. Okay, so ending it with Vince. This this can be summarized quite quickly. So Vince is a very lemon guy. So he's been looking for an excuse all year, for example, to like take the team out on a on a team dinner. And actually, Vince did forget to bring his secret Santa gift this year for the Golems game of Secret Santa. So I was thinking to put him in silly nervous, but I think that's that would probably tip him down to nervous, I would say, forgetting the secret Santa gift. And the person that had got his secret Santa, they did have theirs. So Vince got a gift, but he didn't give one, which uh, would probably put him down in nervous. So I'm quite happy with that ranking. What do you guys think? <laughs> I mean, you're going to have to answer to your teammates, so we'll leave it as <laughs> is. <laughs> I haven't told them that we're doing this, so um, this will be interesting when it goes up. <laughs> At least we can say that you didn't put any of your teammates in Chelsea. So In Chelsea, I, right? As, you know, we're doing well. <laughs> so that concludes our episode. Until the next episode, see you guys.